what's good what's going on you know what time it is man it's a it's a long day for your boy ball but um we gotta talk about the game we gotta talk about dallas cowboys and washington commanders i'm here live still at dallas um voice a little bit gone you know what i'm saying i i, I had a fan moment today I, I stepped outside of the analyst perspective just had some fun but um unfortunately washington couldn't have my back like i had there today and things got a little rough at at&t stadium for the washington commanders uh washington lost 25 to 10 we know that much uh, Washington falls to three, you know that much. Zero two in the NFC East. I got my guy Montel in here. He is a. Um, if you all follow the Chopper Down podcast, you know he's around often, and um, I felt that it was a good opportunity to have him on Hogs Haven as well because we're in a difficult spot here from a a fan standpoint because um, you know a lot of people feel the same way Montel feels. Like I was going to do this solo, and, you know, have him. You know, he could do his own thing. But like as as the day went on, we talked and talked and talked and i was like bro there's no way that i can do this show and not have montel's voice from a perspective of like somebody who i've known for a long time and has done this thing with me for a long time in terms of like being uh, a supporter of the commander skins washington football team and not have him on in this moment uh, and i don't want to make everything seem dire but by the by, by, by the way my tone is but ultimately we gotta we can't avoid these type of conversations so uh montel i appreciate you have uh joining me excuse me um but it's not the best situation um but we're, we're going to talk it through right now how are you feeling about this team i'm gonna give the floor to you i will give you a public on-air reminder as frustrated as you get please ah. I cannot edit the cuss words out. I am terrible at editing. So I'll give you the floor now to, to talk about anything and everything, and then we'll get into some some hot topic items. How are you feeling about this game? How are you feeling about this team? Um, but first of all, actually, even we're going to get into that. Talk about your experience, because like we're we're over here, we're actually in a situation where we're we're trying to give fans like a viewpoint of just how interesting, how incredible the experience. Like we're we just got back from Texas Live. Yes. So, so we lost, but our day wasn't over. Like we didn't, we didn't dwell in the loss, and it was impossible to dwell in the loss over here. So I, I've talked a lot. I'll give you the floor. Talk about the day, but obviously we we do have to talk about the important thing, which is obviously uh, the loss to to the Dallas Cowboys. That that's where I was going to start anyway, and you ain't have to worry. I was going to keep it PG, <laughs> but man, typically when I'm at home. I'm with my thoughts after a game. I can't speak on the game right after, but because we had such a great experience, I can give like a pretty good analysis and and not really be super like I, I'm not gonna be in my super fandom and in my emotions. You know what I mean? I'm I'm trying to explain the best I can because I'm still a little tipsy, but we had a great time, like, and and we talked about this while we were at Texas Live. Texas Live is something that we don't have at FedEx Field. FedEx Field is, and, and I heard this from a Cowboys fan today, and this is another thing. We get a lot of love every time we come down here from Cowboys fans. It, it, it's friendly banter. You know, we go back and forth, but it's always a lot of love. And that's because their experience at that stadium, win, lose, or draw, it was a good day. Like, because Jerry does a great job at just marketing that team 
you know, the stadium is awesome. It feels like a major club inside and, and everybody's happy. Everybody feels good. And, and that's something I wish that we could experience, not even just from like uh, the state aspect, but when your team is winning and we've seen that today after a Cowboys win, Texas Live was the spot, not only because it's the spot after a loss or a win or a draw, but when you win and that's your environment, like, we, we got to have that here, you know what I mean, first and foremost. We, we need to have – I'm not here. I'm, I'm in Dallas too, but we got to have that back home. We we need – FedEx is is it, legitimately, especially – this is my second time coming to Dallas, but it's really a dump in comparison to AT&T Stadium. And I know that there are other stadiums that are, you know, awesome as well. But FedEx is not – after you come here, and the Cowboys fan told me this, I didn't even get it out, but if you come to uh, AT&T, you can't go back to FedEx. And he was absolutely correct. Like, it, it's just impossible, bro. So, you know, that's where I'm starting off at. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into the analysis. But just for me, the experience out here in Dallas, even last night, the night before, like, we've had a great time here overall. The game was really secondary. But, you know, we're fans. We love the game. But, man, we had a time. We had a time out here. So, you know, the, the loss, it is what it is. We can we can dissect that. But, man, we had a good time out here. Yeah. Uh, as we get into the game, just understand, everybody that's listening, um, if you haven't been to Dallas, if you've been to at t you understand exactly what we're talking about. So, like, you're good. But for those who are still, obviously, you're you're licking your wounds just like we are. But if, you, if you're looking for interesting spots to go to in terms of road games, we met some people – I met some people that I was real cool with for a long time on Twitter today. Um, and just generally, if you're looking for a spot on the road to go to and you've never been to AT&T Stadium, you need to go. Got to. Go to AT&T and have yourself, have yourself a good time. Just generally, bro. It's, it's, it's going to treat you well. Um, and that's not giving credit to the rival. It's just uh, – or, or, or like – being nice to the rivals is, is really giving credit where it's due. Like they know what they know what they're doing, um, and just the the area, the Texas, the, the Texas, Dallas, Arlington, <laughs> Fort Worth, all that stuff. Go get 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 to it, bro. Get to it. All right. So we got all that that stuff out of the way. Now we got to talk about the hard part. <laughs> we got to talk about this damn game and the Commanders again, twenty five to ten. Um, got themselves embarrassed in 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 Texas, and um, for the most part, we knew that. Monta, we knew that they couldn't. Like it was you can't start off one and three, but they were going up in a situation where it was going to be hard not to start off one and three because of who they're up against, uh, the way that Washington has been playing, and the type of team in terms of defense who they were up against as well, the Cowboys defense. And it was a hard task altogether from a matchup standpoint, but it wasn't impossible to get done. And for all this worth, Washington had a really good opportunity on several occasions. Um, they they've got they shot themselves in the foot offensively with penalties, uh, untimely penalties on the offensive side of the football that held them back. And then you get uh, turnovers forced on your defensive side of the football, and all of a sudden those get called back due to penalties. Um, it was a rough start, but even still, outside of all the penalties and missed opportunities from that perspective, you're giving up explosive plays still on that defense side of the football, and. Uh, right now, it's not hard. To, I mean, it's not going to be easy to do like like full analysis. Um, I think the macro perspective from this situation and understanding 
how the penalties hurt you and how the big plays still continue to hurt you and how Carson Wentz continues to hurt you. And this is three games in a row now. Um, this is like the, the bull's eyes on the coaches. Until the bull's eyes on the coaches, yeah. um, the bull's eyes on the biggest pieces that they brought in that thought can be keys to, to winning uh, this year and winning beyond this year as well. And um, I'm not too sure. Like everybody knows this who listens to me at least, but uh, like we, I think we kind of know <laughs> what we're getting in, in Ron Rivera. And I'm going to get a floor to you from the fan perspective just to see. I, I want you to get everything off your chest and, and talk about this this game, talk about this team generally so we can like have that perspective to, to have people understand that, sure, they're not winning right now, but uh, truth be told, it like it's not you're not playing in, into the hands of like the moment. You understand what has been going on for three years. Yeah. Well, one of one of the things I want to touch on, and, and I'm not saying this as a fan, and I know it's easy to view it that way, but we were in the house today, and one of the things John Allen, you know, he touched on it. The penalties felt one-sided, but it's not the reason that they lost. That is like a perfect summary of what happened today. Like the penalties, they play a factor, man. Like that first penalty, we couldn't see it from the TV, of course, but in the in the building, it was such a late flag. It was like after the interception took place, and after like you know what I'm saying, who I, I want to say it was St. Juice or, or or Forrest who caught the interception, but like it was literally like after the interception took place that they threw the flag, and that is a moment in a game that can be game changing. Now. You still have to come back and bounce back from that, and we didn't. And I said this to you on the car ride back. I feel like we're not a team that's good enough to overcome having to beat, you know, referees as well as the team. And and I'm not blaming this game on the referees by any measure. Like, no, we lost because we're not good. And I want people to understand that. Like, But at the same time, penalties do play – a huge factor, especially turnovers. You know what I mean? Those can be game changing, you know, possession, you know, flipping, flipping field position, things of that nature. But overall, we lost because, and, and I know you mentioned the defense, but to me, the last couple of weeks in particular, and I know they got a lot of flack on, during the offseason in the first couple of games, but this defense stepped up the last couple of weeks. And I'm more so <laughs> frustrated with Wentz and the offensive side of the ball. Um, and everybody who has heard me knows that I was, you know, a, a, a fan of Carson Wentz. I didn't think that – I never could have imagined this. You know what I mean? But I think what, what really hurts as a fan is the fact that we are in week four, going into week five, and the season feels like it's over. Like, I'm, I am ready to literally throw in the towel. I'm ready to. And this is not even an overreaction. Again, I've had a chance to dissect everything that's went on today. To me, I'm ready to bench Carson Wentz. And it's not because I think he's terrible. I don't think Carson Wentz is terrible. I still don't think Carson Wentz is terrible, even after today's performance. But I think that he's lost confidence. And and I said this to you, Jamal, and I don't, I don't recall if you agree or not. I don't think coaching staff trust him personally. That last drive before the half was an example of that for me. When you have a minute or so on the clock and you run the ball twice on first and second down, 
you don't trust your quarterback because I'm in that position. I'm trying to go get points. We're only down. It was it was seven to twelve going into halftime. Go get some points. You waited until third down to throw a hail mary to John Dotson. Like, what are you even doing? And that's another thing that I want to touch on. You know, later on down the road, you mentioned the court coaches, but to me. This season thus far has been an indictment on Scott Turner. And I know a lot of people, you know, he has people who say, oh, well, he hasn't had quarterbacks. He hasn't had this. He hasn't had that. But Scott Turner has weapons. He doesn't know how to get them the ball. And to me, that's an indictment on any offensive coordinator. We talked about this. Antonio Brown, everyone knew he was getting the ball when he played for the Steelers. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knows A.J. Brown is going to get the ball. Everybody knows Devontae Adams is going to get the ball with the Packers. You know, they still find ways to get those guys the ball. And Scott Turner has yet to figure out how to get Terry McLaurin the ball, how to get Curtis Samuel involved, how to get Jahan Dotson involved. Like, to me, I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care if I got to run a wildcat formation with Terry McLaurin. I, I don't care. Like, I'm not saying that that's ideal, but, bro, he hasn't lived up. Uh, a Scott Turner, and I mentioned this previously as well. In the division, you can go back, you can look back in the division offensively when we play good defenses, when we play the Cowboys and Eagles or whoever it may be. Scott Turner doesn't know how to put up points against those teams in the division that know his offense. It's proven. So, and we've had multiple people. We've had uh, Anthony Armstrong come on your show and say that he's predictable. I've heard Logan Paulson say last week he's somewhat predictable. I, we heard Steve Smith say he's predictable. I remember Chris Cooley breaking down his offense and saying that there was a lot of things in there that needed to be adjusted and fixed. So when you consistently have professional athletes who've played in the NFL who are telling you, and break down film as well as you, Jamal, like you have these guys saying, like, this offense is a little bit predictable or he has tendency things that he, he doesn't break tendency often. If they know the people who are going to pay a million dollars on the opposite of the ball, on opposite side of the ball, of course they know as well. So this season, I think what, what was so frustrating for me is the season feels like it's over, and we are in week four, and it's not, but it feels that way. And and as we know as fans of this team, it likely is. And I think that's the scary part. It's doom and gloom, and we are in week four. Yeah, that uh, uh, you speak about the second half. Uh, there we go. When you speak about the second half, Monta, I mean, excuse me, not second half, the second quarter um, leading into the half, I think one of the bigger things that really bothers me, because you, you said you don't know if I agree about your assessment on Carson Wentz and uh, generally the coaching staff on Carson Wentz. Uh, I, I personally think that they, I think that it's a complex situation. Like my answer in terms of do they trust Carson Wentz, I, I say that they do. I personally think that um, what you're seeing from the coaching staff Basically, Scott Turner is a coach who really doesn't know how to maximize the efficiency of the offense. And, and personally, that doesn't always transition to somebody, you know, making the right calls, the right play calls. Like what you're seeing in that second, heading into the, the second second half, excuse me, we had what, um, two runs in one pass in that drive. And um, it was – it was incredible. Uh, so you have ultimately you have excuse me four four plays right. You have a run on the right side to J.D. McKissick. You pick up three yards, and then you have a pass to Logan Thomas. You pick up five yards. Um, you started the the series with a minute and four seconds left 
in the first half. When you run the pad, the, the 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 play to JD McKissick, the next time you snap the ball, it goes from a minute and four seconds to 26 seconds left on the clock. And you go from 26 seconds on the clock to a third and two, and you snap the ball in four seconds at that point. You get a first down and call a timeout. The next time that you snap the ball, you're at your 37-yard line, and it's 17 seconds on the clock. The entire drive in itself, and I'm not saying this personally because I, I brought my tail on because I, I, I love him personally. Like that's, my, that's my guy. I've known him since eighth grade. So he's going to be on wherever I go. <laughs> it don't don't matter. But ultimately, um, I got him on to get that the fan perspective. But I tweeted this and I meant this with every single ounce of emotion, logic, analytical sense in my body. Whoever was responsible for that drive, that was a fireable offense. And I meant that in every single facet. You don't start the drive with a minute. Mind you, they had two or three timeouts. You don't you 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 had yeah you had two you had two timeouts to start that drive, so you had a minute on and four seconds on the clock to start that drive, and the minute you get your first down your first down conversion, it's 17 seconds left, and you ran the ball two times on that drive to start it off. So whatever Scott Turner is going through mentally to try to to try to overcome whatever hurdles he's coming through or or, or coming against coming across, he's failing. And, and, and that is no good for a team who really had all the pressure in the world on them and a, and a coach who, who had all the pressure in the world on him to overcome, you know, the issues of, of an absentee uh, position. Like he, he never really had a quarterback. It was it was so much uh, transition and turnover at that one position. But ultimately, you have Carson Wentz. And, and not as, it's not just about Carson Wentz because it's a long there's a long conversation we had about Carson Wentz. But when you have Carson Wentz there, uh, the narrative from the Washington Commanders, until the narrative from them is that they found their guy and they found somebody that they were comfortable in uh, moving forward with and building with for the future. So it's not the fact that we're sitting here and saying that you can't do it. It's the fact that you're sitting here saying that you can and we're witnessing you not not being able to develop things from a, an offensive standpoint. The, the offense is, is, is staggering. Um, they're They're struggling in so many different phases, Montel, and that's what's really hurting them. Um, they can't they can't get anything going right now. And ultimately, when it comes to Scott Turner and, and the Carson Wentz dynamic, to your point of, of not trusting the quarterback, I think that they do trust them, but I just think that they can't do anything with them because Scott Turner is the individual who's struggling to, to really understand the the situation they have, like the, the good and bad. Um, and understanding how to move the ball and how to frequently move the ball on a consistent basis. Yeah. Well, before I even get into my next point, I also wanted to mention we ran into Rev T today. Shout out to Rev T. You know what I'm saying? And he showed big love. Rev T showed us love today. He's a fan of uh, Maul's podcast, <laughs> things of that nature. Yeah, my man Rev T. But when, when you talk about that... <laughs> You talk about the timeouts, you know, the timeouts and, and time management at the end of the half. Jamal, one of the things that bothers me about Ron Rivera is like his snarkiness, bro. And one of the things he always says is like, if you've never been there, you can't draw me a map. Like, bro, I know people, and I'm not even saying this to like, you know, exaggerate. 
I know people who play Madden who could have managed that clock better than Ron Rivera did. I'm being dead ass serious. I know people who play Madden who have never coached in the NFL, who don't get paid millions of dollars, who would have handled that better. And, and that, like you said, it's a fireable offense. Like, bro, you get paid to do this. And I, I always go back to last week when I said, bro, we had three timeouts. He could have just burned the timeout and threw the challenge flag against Philly. Like, if you weren't sure, call your timeout. But instead, you waited till last minute and then threw a challenge flag and then tried to act like, oh, well, I threw my flag. No, no, bro. No, bro. No. No, like that's it's, it's inexcusable. Like, come on, man. Like, it's really inexcusable. But at the end of the day, when you talk about Carson Wentz and his offense, it's like you can't. Every time we come into the season, last year, the defense was the emphasis. Oh, this defense is going to be good. This defense can do this. This defense can do And the defense stunk. This year, everybody was so high on the offense. This offense. This offense. Oh my gosh, they are so terribly bad. Like they are so terribly bad, man. And it's just like three quarters today they didn't score. Or <laughs> I, I can't. Like, you can't even put into words. I told them all during the game. I said they're so bad, like my stomach hurt. That's how bad they are, and it's just so inexcusable for all the weapons they have. And, and Carson is very much at fault. He's very much at fault, but I don't believe that he gets any help from the play caller. And I know people I, – I was down on the offensive line the past two weeks. I know people want to blame the offensive line. Today the offensive line was not the problem. I'm sorry. Today was solely Carson Wentz. We seen when he had an opportunity to just throw the ball away, and he didn't do it. Throw the ball away. And, 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 and Scott Turner, like the, the conservativeness, like whoop. The mind-boggling decisions, it's like I, I literally can't even put into words. It was so bad that I went up to Jamal at halftime. And I said, it literally feels like, and I, I doubt that this is the case, but that's this is how bad they were. It felt like they were throwing the game. Like, that's how bad. It's like we don't want to win today. That's how they were coached. To, like, that's how I felt like they were coaching this game. Like, we don't want to win. Let's give it to that. We're in Dallas. Let's give it to them. Like, and as a fan, it's so deflating. I got on all my gear. I'm in their stadium. And the second week in a row, and, I, and the same thing I was at the bar last weekend, it's the second week in a row, like, you don't give us anything to cheer for. Like, as fans, you don't give us anything to cheer for. So when you say, oh, the fan, you had players in previously now, not so much, but calling out fans. But it's like, you want us to show up, and you want us to be there, but you're not giving us anything. So – if you're not giving me anything to cheer for, why would I show up? And it's just like, like I said, it's just like, man, this <laughs> again, it's just hard to put into words. And, and I, I guess part of me is getting emotional now, but it's it's okay, bro. I, that's why I, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted you on, bro. This this is a a space where, like, as as much as I I love to be, you know, like objective and 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 like all football with the team, I think it's important to have you on because. Like there's tons of people who are listening and 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 need to hear the raw emotion from a person who who isn't required to do a job like me. Like yeah. it's 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 important. And 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 like I said today, for those who are listening, I said like this was a moment for me. Just generally, I didn't care. Like somebody somebody made a slick comment on Twitter and they deleted it before I could even respond. So shout out to you because I was about to give you hell. Um, he said <laughs> he was like. 
He said, who who buys a ticket to go out to Dallas just to watch your team get smoked? And I'm like, bro, it I had the lead, the the outcome of the game was the furthest thing on my mind. I wanted to be a fan. I wanted to have fun, right? That's that's what I wanted to date. But ultimately, like I know that I had to come back and do something like this. But to have a friend who is who roots for the same team as me and, and we rock like every single game, like we don't waver in terms of like some other people that we know who, who wavers from the team and, and is very casual with the teams. Like hearing having this on the podcast gives that voice of somebody who can really truly dive in without like like holding back because you aren't you aren't required to do anything outside of like be a fan. That's all that's all you're really required to do. And you can hate them, you can love them, and then you can give your raw emotion behind that. So don't trust me. If you're <laughs> the way that you're talking right now, even with you being lost for words, that is that's exactly how a lot of people that you're that that's listening to you right now, Montel, that's exactly how they feel. That's just how bad they are, though. Like it, it, it's hard to have a team so bad that you don't even know like where to start, what to say. Like <laughs> one of the things I seen uh, just now on Twitter before logging on to the show was Jahan Dotson. He tweeted out, uh, "You know, Washington, we're not done." You know what I mean? And it's like I love seeing that from Jahan Dotson. I truly do. But brother, man, we tired of words. Ron Rivera gives us words every single week. We've had words for three years now. We've had words with Jay Gruden. We have words. At some point, you got to win. And that is all that matters. And we talked about this today, too. I think they are so focused on, you know, patting themselves on the back for the rebrand, patting themselves on the back for, you know, cleaning up spilled milk for all the other situations with the sexual misconduct and things of that nature. At some point, you got to focus on winning because as morally, as big as your moral compass may have become, whether it's, you know, legitimate or not, no one really cares. If you win 14 games a season and you are out here doing something that's immoral in the NFL, yeah, you'll have people talk about it. But at the end of the day, we just want to see you win. If you're going out there and winning, and, and I know that sounds bad, that may sound bad to, to some people, but we want to see winning because that's all that matters. It's a results-based business. That's why we buy tickets. That's why we show up to games. That is why we are fans because we want to see you win. All the other behind-the-scenes stuff is cool. It's good if you are a good organization and you're moral and you're doing the right things, but if you are doing all the right things and losing every week, no one cares about your team. So I think they have to just figure out a way to win. And and, I, and honestly, I mean, for, again, the season isn't over. It's not. But I'd be lying to you if I sat here and told you that's how I felt. Because after today's loss, after last week's loss, and again, they're so bad that there's not even much that we can even say. It feels like today, like, it just feels like the sky is, is falling. And I know people have said the sky isn't falling. No, no, the, the, the sky has fallen, bro. And, and we <laughs> we need to go ahead. And, and that's part of the reason I said, and I'm, I'm still a fan of Wentz. I, I, I want to see how, and it's, and it's not, that's not even a fan reaction. Again, it's not a fan reaction, but it gives the fans something to look forward to. At this point, we've seen Wentz. We see he isn't comfortable. We see him and Scott Turner, that dynamic isn't working. And I know you you said, you know, you want to see Ron go out with the ship that he built. I get it. 
let's dive on, let's dive in on that and we'll close with this one because i think that's that's yeah. worth worth having so for those who are unfamiliar me and Montel had a conversation i mean obviously y'all are going to be unfamiliar because y'all weren't with us today <laughs> um but we, had, we had a conversation um essentially and 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 um Montel suggested that uh and he actually talked about it earlier today on the show um that carson needs to be benched and, and not necessarily because of the performance-based aspect but um when i the, the counter to that for me was um, they don't necessarily, it's not a distrust thing. It, it, for me, it wasn't a distrust thing. I think that they need to ride it out with Carson because of the decisions that they made this offseason. You decided to trade for Carson Wentz. Um, you decided to pay that $28 million. You decided to move on from several people as a result of trading for Carson Wentz. Yep. You decided to, to, to say that you can build with him, you can develop. Uh, this team with him and, and see him in Washington for the foreseeable future. Um, so you have all these things riding on a Carson Wentz guy who, by all accounts, is a middle of the pack quarterback. Regardless of how you view him, like for better or for worse, he's not—he's not terrible, but he's not great. And I think everybody, at the very least, can acknowledge that. So when you say um, you're doing all these things for Carson Wentz and uh, you—you're like it, it would have to get tremendously worse with Carson and I think the two things that you can't have today is like I've never like intentional groundings are one thing but to have two in one game for Carson Wentz and for any quarterback is inexcusable like you can't have that and the first one that you had was where you're scrambling for your life and you know you had seven different opportunities that's me exaggerating but you had so many opportunities to throw the football away and you waited until you got tackled to throw it away and now we're facing um, a situation where you're you're losing you're taking points off the board for your offense I just think for the coaching staff who was so invested in a Carson Wentz, you have to ride the ship out, Montel. You have to be in a situation where whether you're right or whether you're wrong, you have to make sure that you see it through because um, this is this is the future that you this is this is exactly everything that you wrote on. This is what you staked your claim. This is everything that you wanted <laughs> in terms of this this offseason. And for all the people that's on that's online and social media that's down that's down my back that's breathing on my back about Ron Rivera wanted Carson Wentz this whole time. Well, guess what? You just seen three weeks of bad bad quarterback play, bad team play overall. But you've seen bad quarterback play three three weeks in a row. <laughs> and um, if you're gonna if you want to stand by the statement that you said, because we all know he wasn't the first pick. But if you want to stand by that, be my guest. But ultimately. You, you can't get rid of them now because, one, you're admitting that you're wrong, right? Mm -hmm. and But then, two, if you, admit it, if you admit that you're wrong right now, you are basically opening up the door for anybody to say, all right, if you're wrong about this, how much how much more can I – how much more leash can I give you? I didn't give you so much. I didn't give you freedom to do whatever you want with this roster, and you're messing it up. And I'm so glad I caught myself Montel because I'm about to use the F word. <laughs> He's about to drop one. <laughs> yeah, you're messing it up. So that's the side that I'm on. Um, explain your side, but but ultimately yeah. for those who are listening, um, you can't I, I, I'm on the side of you cannot pull the plug on Carson Wentz right now. You have to see it through, you have to ride it out, you have to lay in the bed that you made. And the thing is, I understand that, and everything that you said has validity, but I'm the type of person if I'm wrong about something. I don't mind acknowledging my wrong as soon as possible because the quicker you can make something correct or the quicker you can 
get rid of your wrong. You know what I mean? Like the the better off that everyone is, you know, it just makes everything better. And I'm not saying that Carson was the wrong decision, but the way things are trending, it's going in the opposite direction. And and again, as far as the foreseeable future, I don't see anything changing. And I think that's what it is. You mentioned the word future. Well, right now, your future appears to be a dead end. And when you're looking the dead end in the face, sometimes you got to make a U-turn and say, you know what? I went the wrong way. And I know it's not ideal. And I know I don't want to be wrong. You know, I don't want it. But this, it's this experiment, and I loved week one, and I loved the spurt that we had against the Lions. I thought that we were a team that can score. I think after these last two games, and, I, and in my opinion, may change in two weeks. Who knows? I doubt it. But I think after what we've seen, the stagnant – like, we had eight points last week. We had ten points today. And I feel as though that is more so who your offense is than the first two weeks. And the reason I feel that way is because I think Detroit – Detroit, we spoke about this as well. Detroit, I think they exposed something as it pertains to our offense – as it pertains to our coordinator, as it pertains to our quarterback, they exposed something and teams seen it. And you know what? They're going to keep doing it. And I don't think that Scott Turner, and I, I give him a good portion of, I give him more blame than Carson Wentz. I don't think that he's able to adjust. And I think that Carson is a sitting duck in the pocket. And I think the only way that this Scott Turner offense, the only chance that it has to excel is if someone mobile is back there. And I think that Sam Howell gives you that chance. Not only that, I think Sam Howell gives fans a reason to continue to show up. And maybe he turns the season around. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he looks like a fifth-round pick. But at the end of the day, the next few games, we'll be able to say we have a reason to cut the game on because I can guarantee you a lot of fans next week, they won't be showing up to FedEx when we play the Titans. A lot of fans next week, they won't be even watching the game. So you got to give fans a reason to one cheer, give fans a reason to show up. And, and I get it. It's not ideal. And I know it sounds harsh to bench Carson. And again, I, I, I can't emphasize how much I am a fan and how much I'm rooting for Carson Wentz. But he does not. Jason Campbell said today on Twitter, I seen Disco say it as well. He don't look comfortable. And anytime you have a quarterback that doesn't look comfortable on the field, this is your job, bro. If you're uncomfortable at work, why are you here? You know what I mean? Like, and, and again, their chemistry is off, and, and I get it. I know why you. I know why it seems ideal to stick with Wentz, and I know you. You made so many valid points, but bro, sometimes you gotta pull a plug on things that you thought was right, and, and get out of that situation as quick as possible. That's just where I'm at right now. I, I'm, I'm sorry, and I know it. It seems like fandom, but I'm really looking at it from. Like, this this is not going to work. We have to bail. We have to bail on this plan before it gets worse because next thing you know, we'll look up and we'll be one in seven. And you know what? People are going to be saying, uh, then we're going to bench Carson Wentz and we're going to be like, well, you waited too late. So I just don't see us winning with the way this offense is playing. Oh, man, it's so much of a longer conversation to be had. I guess I'll give um, – we'll close out with one thing here. Uh for me, heading into this season, I thought the the ceiling was 11 wins. I thought the floor was six. Um, and I thought that if if things continued as bad as they were over the past the past season, I thought that it could be even worse than six. I thought anything less than six was a, a cold red slash disaster thing for like the worst case scenario for Ron Rivera. Um, 
I'm still at floor being six wins. I think that Washington can find a way to get six wins, but the floor is nothing to brag about. Um, I think the floor for a good team is probably like nine wins for a really good team, and that's probably like the Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like the, the ceiling is like 12, 13, 14 for those teams. Uh, uh, Montel, I'll get a floor to you. We don't have to elaborate. But what was your what was your ceiling and what was your floor heading into the season, and what was your ceiling – what is your ceiling and what is your floor now four games into 2022? I thought all things going well. The ceiling was 11 games. And, and crazy, as crazy as this may seem, I still think that the ceiling is 11 games. Just because I think you have a favorable schedule. And if this team can get hot, again, I don't see that. If this team can get hot, given the schedule they have and get healthy, and let's just say Brian Robinson comes back, and, you know, he's chipping away and we're doing things right. You can still win 11 games with a favorable schedule, but the way that they're playing, I don't even know how you say the, the floor is six at this point. I think the floor at this point is, a, is, is really like a number one overall pick in three wins. And, again, it seems, it seems extreme. It seems like a fan point. I'm really trying to remain objective. But if you can't score in this league, man, you're done. We've seen the day, again, I, I keep mentioning, defense held it down. Defense held it down for two straight weeks now. You can't put up any points. You're done. I, I can easily see this being one of those, you know, seasons where, you know, when, before Mike Shanahan got fired and we were three and three. I can easily see us going three and 14. Easily. If we can't put up points and we're, and Carson Wentz is getting pressured every week and your offense can't move. Bad offenses lose lots of games. That's why the Jets lose a lot of games. That's why, you know, other teams who don't win, like if you can't score in this league, if you can't score, you can't win. You can have the greatest defense in the world. If you can't put up points, you're not going to win. And this offense, they're not scoring points. Eight and ten, and zero points at the half, and for two weeks in a row, and then seven this week. Like it's inexcusable. And if that's what you're doing, we won't win games. I can guarantee it. You will not win any games. You'll be three and thirteen. I can easily see us being one and seven. You ain't scoring no points. Easy. Well, you know what time it is, man. Let's go ahead and get ready for the Sunday night football game because uh, Washington is is definitely um, in a in a situation where it's never it's not going anywhere for us. You know, we can't we can't avoid it. We we can't not talk about it, um, but we can put it off for a couple hours, and that's exactly what we're about to do. I uh, appreciate everybody that's listening. I uh, appreciate everybody that has listened. Uh, schedule wise, this week uh, for those who haven't heard me. Um, on the pregame or preview show, uh, I am in a fluid situation where, like, I'm on work travel this week, so uh, I don't know when the podcast will come out, but I'll work. I'll do my best to try and get these things pushed out. So, uh, no set time, no set day in which they'll be recorded, um, and, and also film study, film sessions too. Same thing. I don't know if I'll have enough time to get them through this weekend, but either way, you know, we'll definitely get something out. Just a matter of like when and and how long or how in-depth anything goes. So I um, appreciate y'all listening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. If y'all are listening, man, don't 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 be too down on this team, man. You know what I'm saying? We're going to keep pushing. But, yeah, we out of here. Y'all be safe. Man. Talk to y'all later. <laughs>